Hi, this is Heather White, founder of TrillFit, and I'm here on the first year project with Alexis. I first met Heather in our accelerator program. I remember her sharing her vision of a fitness community motivated by trap beats that would rival with SoulCycle. From creating experiences like Brunch and Burn to very recently winning Epicenter Communities Accelerate Boston's Pitch Contest, Heather has really hit the ground running with the development of the Boston-based boutique startup, perfectly named TrillFit. Welcome to the show, Heather. Thanks, Alexis. I'm so excited to be here. So, Heather, uh, what have you been up to lately? Um, You know, I've been preparing for yesterday's pitch contest for like the past, you know, three months, just practicing and figuring out, you know, how I can share the message of TrillFit with people and and what is the right way to approach it. So that's been really consuming all of all of my time. It's been crazy. Like... So we're in the same, we were in the same program. Yes. It's funny to say we're, right? Because <laughs> I feel like it flew by. It really did. It was much faster than I thought, but I think we'll all still stay in touch and, for sure. you know, for all that sure. good stuff. So how, how was that experience being in the accelerator program and even, even from like, all of the work that was done over the several months to the actual pitch. It was amazing. I mean, definitely shouts out to Malia because um, she has this unique ability to uh, really build communities um, yes. in, in whatever space you know she's in. So I feel like I came in not really understanding what the program was, but knowing that you know I had a good concept that we had traction and that I needed her help and the help of all of the mentors to really understand how to make it into a business because I didn't see it as a business when. I started, I saw it as something cool that I wanted to do with my friends. Um, And so going through that process, meeting the mentors, you know, Glenn at Boston Impact Initiative was incredible. Paul was incredible. Chris Rowland, Alex Stern, you know, after he sold Constant Contact, like being able to to talk with those those types of people and get their advice and get their guidance was uh, more valuable than anything I think I've ever experienced in my life. So it was it was incredible. And I feel honored to to have won last night, honored to have been accepted into the program in the first place. Um, And, you know, I'm just excited to see what Malia does with the program through Epicenter and how it evolves next year and the year after that and the year after that. Absolutely. And I feel as if all of the mentors were extremely genuine and also like extremely humble. Very real. When Paul came in and told us about, you know, his experience from, you know, playing basketball at Brown and how he translated that into his business now. I mean, I feel like everyone just shared a part of themselves that you don't typically see um, in corporate settings or, you know, in, in those business settings. So that was also really appreciated. Paul is dope. Shout out to Paul. I've been having some conversations. <laughs> we with love him you, too Paul. <laughs> we love you. <laughs> no, no, seriously, seriously. Email me back, Paul. <laughs> Just kidding. I mean, he did. He did, but he was on vacation. <laughs> yeah. Um, so you said it very modestly, but you got them coins last night to to start you off. So how did the pitch feel? How was how was that experience? And yeah, I mean, you know, to be honest, it was really nerve wracking. And, you know, I'm a person who I have to present a lot, you know, in in my life and, mm-hmm. and, and, you know, the other work that I do. But being confined to two minutes, you know, you being saying that, like, all right, you're going to be in this room, you're going to present to 60 people yeah. you have to tell them about this project that you're absolutely obsessed with and that you love and sell them on it and get those coins in two minutes Two. In 
minutes. minutes is crazy. So I would time myself and time myself. And, yeah. you know, there, there were so many things that I wanted to say and wanted to share, but I really had to like streamline it to the basic facts to say, okay, how can I make this pitch compelling and interesting and, you know, really embody what Trill Fit is in two minutes and not get lost into the weeds and, and keep it moving because I knew that I just had to get to the end. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Like you guys don't see me, but I'm literally shaking my head, like, like nodding it to everything that she's saying. I think at one point I was like, I think I'm going to get sick. I don't, <sighs> I don't know like what's going to happen. But last night was special and it was such a good experience. Like even I got so much really, really good feedback from all of the judges and, and folks Same. there. So it was a really, really dope experience. Um, So I've given the audience a little like definition or description of trail fit, but in your own words, how would you define what you do and why you do it? Absolutely. So Trill Fit is, you know, a boutique fitness concept that really celebrates hip hop and urban culture. You know, I'm a person who loves group fitness and I found myself going to classes and going to classes and, you know, maybe the music wasn't right or maybe the instructor wasn't the best. And for whatever reason, you get kind of taken out of that experience. And, yeah. You know, and I really realized that, you know, younger, active people, millennials definitely, you know, want fitness experiences that, you know, are more lifestyle than just, all right, I'm going to go to the gym and I'm going to leave. You know, mm-hmm. they want community we want community we want a place where we can go with our friends feel accepted and feel like you know all right these people are on a fitness journey with me and these are people who can hold me accountable and help me we could all be healthy and well together and that's really how trill fit was born so you know it's boutique fitness, but it's also a lifestyle. And, you know, once we're able to get this space, um, you know, I think it's really going to come together because, you know, you'll have our fitness signature classes and all of that stuff. Like we want to have an ill juice bar. We want to have events at night to mm-hmm. really make it a destination for, you know, holistic wellness, whether it's whether it's true fitness, whether it's health coaching, whether it's like dope music at night, whatever. Like this is the place where you can come for all of it. Very cool. So where exactly did the name come from? And then I'm going to ask you about your top five trap songs. Mm, okay. Um, the name. So I thought of it. I think I was at dinner with my friend, with my friend, Brittany, one of my, one of my best friends. And I had had like a couple of lists like going and then it just, and then it came to me. And then, you know, one of the things that you talk about when you're building your brand, you know, it's like, you know, trilled, you know, is, is it being overused? Is it, uh, you know, just like a now, a now phrase you know, mm-hmm. doesn't have longevity, but I felt that troll fit was just really succinct. I think that you immediately get an image of what it is when you, when you hear it, you're like, all right, this is some sort of like, you know, uh, cool, hip, ratchet, like down, mm-hmm. you know, experience that somehow involves fitness. And I thought that, you know, the fact that you hear it and it conjures something in your mind, I was like, that I was like, that's what I, that's what I want to go with because people will already be with me before they've even experienced a class. Dope. Dope. And what are your top five, uh, favorite trap songs or trap artists? Top five. Um, so it's funny when, um, we just had a spread in the improper, like last month, they asked me the same question I was, <laughs> and I was driving in my car and I was like, oh, I was like, I should really be prepared. prepared for this question. People are going to ask me this a lot. So I was like, I was like going through my phone and I was like, well, my favorite, like, you know, artists that I like to work out to, I was like, definitely like, you know, I'm from, I'm from New York, definitely have that vibe. So I'm like anything diplomats, like Dipset, like, I didn't know oh, you were from New York. Yes. I'm from New York. I'm from the Bronx. Hey, um, uptown. Any, anything Dipset, uh, 
is always is always amazing. And I always tell this story like when I was in high school with my friends, like we were on the bowling team because you could get you could get off off campus and you could go someplace else and you could just hang out and like that's hilarious. And, and our team was team dipset. <laughs> uh, so def- definitely, you know, traditional diplomats, any Cameron. Um, I love I every workout mix that I have, I always have a ladies that and even though I don't really like Tyga, but like I love that song. It's mm-hmm. like it's like always on it. Um yeah, just like, just like, you know, lots, lots of stuff. Okay. I like, I like dance hall. I'm Jamaican, you know, like. I'm Jamaican too. I'm learning they, so much about you <laughs> in this, in this sit down right now. I mean, we could be related. I'm like we New could. York, New York, Jamaican. I'm like, your yeah. mom is so nice. <laughs> <laughs> That's funny. So I, I meant to say this earlier. Uh, so it's, it's interesting. You're actually the first, uh, my first guest who's a woman on the show. Oh, it's been quite the sausage fest. <laughs> I'm glad to break it up. <laughs> <laughs> Not intentionally, but I was just thinking about that. Um, so sh- shout out to you for thank you br- breaking the barrier thank that you. wasn't really there, but <laughs> existed. That's dope. Um, so you said you're from New York. Yes. The Bronx specifically. How has that influenced uh, the work that you do and kind of like who you are as a person now? It's really, it's really interesting. So, you know, my background, um, is in lifestyle marketing, which is, which is kind of how all of this stuff came about. Right. Mm-hmm. Um, and you know, I was overseeing lifestyle marketing, um, on the men's side for Puma working at New Balance now, um, worked at Karma Loop for, for years and years. And, you know, I think just, being being from New York and being around a lot of people who are interested in streetwear and affected by it, you know, and and used uh, clothing as as visual expression of yeah. who they are, I think that definitely, um, you know, really resonated with me um, and kind of brought me to this place. I mean, you know, I've been in the sneaker industry for for a long time. Trillfit as a concept is a very uh, lifestyle, urban, hip hop concept in mm-hmm. the fitness space. And I feel like just, you know, from my experiences growing up and from my friends and the people that I talk to and, you know, just my network, I've realized that this is my niche and this is this is where I'm happy and this is where I belong. Um, and I find myself just doing more things within, within this sphere. Yeah. So how did... Trill fit come about like in the very, very beginning? Um, honestly, it was because I was taking group fitness classes at um, a boutique studio in downtown Boston. And I was like, man, the workout is so good. But the music sucks. sucks. The Trash. music sucks. And like no shade. But like we would be in these cardio classes and she'd be playing like Tracy Chapman. And it's all like, the shade. No. And it's like you can't no. like you re- like you're not really sweating when you're listening to Fast Car. And I always use this example <laughs> because it's true and it really happened. And yeah. I was just like this, I was like, there has to be a better way. And, you know, and I wanted to, I wanted to, um, you know, really progress on my fitness journey. And I wanted to be, you know, in the gym and in classes like every day. And I was like, what is keeping me? And I kept thinking like, there has to be a better way. What would make me work out more? And I was like, you know what, if working out was like a party, if like all my friends were there, if, if it was like, if it was like a night at Bijou, but it's like, (laughs) but it's like working out, I was like, I would, I would go there there all the time and I would have fun. And that's how the idea, that's how the idea started literally. Um, and I called up all of, all of my friends 
Nick did the logo. Nick did all of, all of the design work and, and, you know, all of those things. I, I shopped around the idea a lot. And then when we launched in September, you know, we sold out two days before. And that's I, crazy. And it was insane because we had, we had never done it before. Nobody knew what Trillfit was. I don't think I even had like the full concept of what Trillfit was mm-hmm. when we were in that room. Um, but being there, having Lorian Gibson there, who is who is amazing, and having um, Urbano Project and JP just you know full of like sixty five people all working out and having a good time, I was like, this is contagious, and this and this could really be a movement because people aren't working out like this, and we need to. Um, you know, you work you work out so much harder when you have someone there with you, and when you feel like you know you belong, and like this crowd is like for you. Yeah. Um, so it's been an exciting journey, just honestly figuring out where we can go mm-hmm. um, and what the next step for us is. And who is Lorian Gibson? So Lorian Gibson um, is an amazing choreographer. Nice. Um, people listening might remember her from making the band, um, but you know she did choreography for all of the Bad Boy Family, um, oh, Diddy wow. in particular. And right now, uh, let's see what she's doing right now. She did all of the creative direction for Nicki Minaj's last tour and all of her choreography. Very she, dope. She does the choreography for like Justin Bieber's upcoming tour. So she, I mean, she works with like a lot of celebrities in in our in our urban hip hop space. Mm-hmm. She is like the legend, and everybody jokes that like Chris Brown dyed his hair blonde like because of her. She like saw her. <laughs> and was like, she looks so fly. I'm a jack her look. I think women inspire most movements and most lifestyle changes. So I would. She's agree the with influencer you. behind the influencer wow she she knows everybody and everyone looks to her um she's she's a true visionary like she left canada when she was like 17 came came to new york to dance for alvin ailey Um, oh my god yeah and you know like people like her people like june ambrose like people who are young had vision came to came to new york Mm -hmm. um you know, through networking, good luck and and faith met the right people and really impacted culture, like very inspiring to me. For sure. How do you how do you get connected to and then bring on somebody of that caliber when you're just starting something? Um, I would definitely say hustling <laughs> is, yeah. is the first thing, you know, network with everyone and, and, you know, re- just reach out to people that, that, you know, you want to know. Lorian specifically is a, is a friend of a friend. And, mm-hmm. you know, like I mentioned, I've, I've kind of been in this space for a while. So I'm fortunate enough to have some connections to, to talent and different industries like that. And I have friends that I can always reach out to. Um, but I've had people all the time, you know, hit me up on Instagram or email me and just say like, Hey, I'm in marketing. I'm a college student. And, you know, I know you used to, you know, run lifestyle at Puma, like how, like how can I do something like that? Um, and I always respond to emails like that because I think that's back really to dope. myself. I'm just like, if someone had told me the things that I could do, because I fell, I fell into this career. I didn't have anyone showing me the steps of huh. here's what you do and here's what you don't do. So whenever people hit me up, um, I always respond and I always like to, to give back in that way, because I know if I had that that, that advice. I mean, I don't even know what I'd be doing now, but, um, you know, once you get that knowledge, it's, I think it's imperative that, that mm-hmm. we share it. So you said that you, you kind of felt, fell into your career. Like, like how, how exactly did, did that happen? I mean, when I went to school, so I went to BC, which is what brought me to Boston. Yes. Um, and I was, I was a, 
uh, an English major, like creative writing, um, with wow. a minor in women's and gender studies. Like mm-hmm. I, like my whole thing was, I was like, you know what? Like kids need to know that they can be creative and that they can write and that, you know, there's so much power in words. And, you know, I thought that I was going to, you know, teach poetry to like little kids. Wow. And it was a very different career path. Mm-hmm. Um, and that, you know, I always loved fashion. I always loved streetwear. I always loved sneakers. Um, you know, Carmeloop, the flagship store on Newbury Street was here when I was in college. And I, you know, I would go there all the, all the time. I would, I would go to their events and, you know, a lot of, you know, a lot of the friends that I made in Boston worked there. And that's kind of how I got, got into this scene, mm-hmm. just started going to events, um, worked a couple of different jobs got started working at Karma Loop and Karma Loop was really the job that taught me how to, how to become a marketer. Yes. Um, and Leandro Robinson, who was a huge, huge mentor for me, he gave me the confidence, um, and a lot of the tools to be able to do what I'm doing now. Mm-hmm. Um, if you have a passion for something and you want to do it, but you, you feel like you don't have the right skill sets. Um, I always think that that those kind of people, like I was that, I, I am that person, um, makes you work that much harder. Absolutely. So, you know, I just did a ton of research. I would shadow people. Um, you know, I had another boss, Lauren Nagel, who sat me down and, you know, taught me how to how to work through budgets and how to balance this and how to look for ROI and how to read analytics charts. And, wow. you know, like having people who see that you have passion and who are willing to teach you because you, like, and this is what I say to people all, all the time is you can't learn passion and you can't learn culture. You can learn how to use Excel. You can learn how to make a presentation. You can mm-hmm. learn how to present to a room of 200 people, but you can't learn um, culture and you can't learn passion. And there are billion dollar companies all over this world who are looking for passionate people who understand um, our culture. And, uh, you know, we need we need to funnel more people into those corporations because there's a need for it. Anything you don't know can be learned, but you can't learn passion. Absolutely. And you brought up something very, very important. And and I kind of want to get your take on this. Um, There are a lot of companies who have uh, streetwear lines and, you know, have really based their entire uh, company off of street culture off of, you know, black and brown culture. Yeah. I mean, there, there are companies that spend hundreds of thousands of dollars figuring out how to sell sneakers to black kids (laughs) who are are 16. Like seriously. And if you're, if you're a 16 year old kid who loves sneakers, uh, you already know if you're an associate at, at Foot Locker or Finish Line or Foot Action or where, or wherever, or you stand in line at Bodega or Concepts or you follow Dion on Instagram because you want to see what's coming out. Uh, you're that much closer to it, um, you know, than a lot of other people. And there's a value in that people pay for that. Um, but I think the problem is that, um, those, those kids aren't, aren't told that that's a value and they don't Mm -hmm. know that it's a value. Mm -hmm. Absolutely. Um, earlier when you were talking about kind of how you got into trail fit and, uh, kind of having it be something that you got into being passionate about, because you wanted to like work out with friends and you wanted to have that experience. Like as, as a, as a, as women, I feel like we're often expected to look like this one way. Right. Um, what's been your experience navigating through like that and your identity as a woman starting up this, this sort of like fitness company? 
This is a good. This is a good question because it has been a roller coaster. Seriously, I mean, I actually had a conversation with one of our instructors, Megan Fitzgerald. She she leads all of all of our um, sculpt classes, which is like our Pilates fusion. Um, and it's really, really hard. It's really hard. And I, you know, I sat with her. And really had a heart to heart because I said, listen, Megan, I said, you know, I don't know if I'm the person that should do this. Like, I don't look like a supermodel and maybe I should. And I don't, and I don't go to the gym every day and maybe I should. And the people in the class, like, you know, like, what, what do I do? How do I unpack all of those feelings of like not, not being good enough, not looking good enough and being the face of, of you know, of a new fitness brand. And she looked at me and she said, Heather, she said, that's why you're the perfect person for this. She's like, she's like, you think that, you know, you're going to, you're going to be in this class and everyone who's, who's taking a trail fit class is an instructor. Mm -hmm. She's like, you're not leading an instructor class. She's like, everyone is on their fitness journey. She said, and, and what sets trail fit apart so much is that you are building this inclusive area where you don't have to look, you don't have to look a certain way. That's beautiful. You know, everyone is on their path and she's like, you know, and you know, she, it was just, it was an amazing, amazing conversation. And she gave me that confidence because, you know, and anyone who's been to a trail class, like I, you know, I walk around like, like in a sports bra and like, and like leggings and it's like a very open, it's a very open space. Mm And, um, you know, I've definitely gained a lot of confidence through doing the seven events that we, that we've had so far. Um, you know, and I think that the women and the men who come and see that it's a space where it's like, you know, I don't need to, I don't need to look like Beyonce, you know, to be able to be a part of this lifestyle. Yeah. Um, I think it's, I think it's meaningful. And if we can all be happy and we can own it, um, you know, that's kind of how, how we're pushing back on, on, you know, some of the, the pitfalls of the boutique fitness industry in general. Mm-hmm. So men are coming to these classes too. It's women yes. and men. Yes. Men come. Wow. Men come. Yes. So, and, and everyone like feels like comfortable or so, so here's my question. If I were just to be like on the wall, not working out at all, but watching (laughs) what goes down, right? What would I see? Um, I mean, you would see a lot of, you would see a lot of people sweating. Um, you would see like for our last brunch and burn, I mean, we really brought the nightlife vibes there. So there was like purple green lights. What's brunch and burn? Um, so brunch and burn was an event that we did in January and we'll host it annually to kick off the year um, where we basically do two 45 minute sessions and then we have a full brunch afterwards. So it's like, you can go work up a sweat and then afterwards eat, have fun. And it's, you know, a healthy day party basically. Mm -hmm. Um, and so, you know, we had, we had a beautiful lighting display from Boston Pro Sounds. They're amazing and they're local. So nice. shout out to them. Diana from um, Exquisite Design Concepts hooked us up with them. Shout out to Diana. Shout out to Diana. She keeps me sane. <laughs> um, but like we really, we literally turned this hotel into, into a nightclub and it was, it was amazing. So it was a little bit dimly lit. And again, so like everyone was just like wiling out when we had our signature dance class, which is called Trill Fit mm-hmm. led by Melissa Valdez. She's amazing. Um, you know, you really, you really got that vibe. So people were very uninhibited. People threw themselves into it. We were all sweating. I was, wa- we had so many people in there. I was walking in between the aisles with like bottles of water saying like, all right, who needs some essential water? Wow. Who needs some essential water? Yeah. Uh, because everyone was just working it out. That's really, really dope. Oh my goodness. It was amazing. Yeah. So brunch wise, like, are we talking about like chicken and waffles after <laughs> a little healthier than that? <laughs> 
so we had we had like egg white and Gruyere sandwiches. We had a nice. make your own trail mix bar, okay. fresh juices, teas, all all of that good stuff. Pretty okay, okay. Yeah, yeah I was gonna say, wait, are we talking about like just fruit? Or? <laughs> we did have mimosas there though, because nice. I'm just saying. <laughs> no, seriously though, if I was promised a mimosa after every time I worked out, I would work out every day probably. <laughs> I would always be in the gym. Uh, so thinking about this journey that you started I believe in September yep September uh and understanding that like mistakes are something that we all go through and that are like necessary for like the process of things to really develop what would you say um your biggest mistake has been to date in terms of trail fit Hmm. Well, I've definitely made a lot of mistakes um, through the process and not just trail fit, like, you know, my my other professional careers and like life in general. <laughs> uh, um, you know, one of the biggest mistakes I think I made was and, you know, and I and I had people telling me otherwise. I just I just didn't listen. But, um, you know, not realizing uh, the business potential that it had from from the beginning. So mm. there were a lot of things that I was not prepared for, because um, even the first event, I said, all right, well, you know, know what this is something that I'm going to try I'm going to try it five times and we'll we'll see what like Nick and I had this you know like we'll try it five times and we'll see what happens if it picks up it does if not whatever like at least I tried the you then you know you come to the first event I'm flying people in from LA, Lorianne, I'm like, you know, doing all this stuff, um, worried that, you know, there's not enough promotion and that this is too much to take on for one person. And then we sell out two days before. And then I said, okay, shit, like, <laughs> like we, ha- we have something here. This is great. The, the fry. <laughs> and the reason why we figured out how we, how we sold out this, this was another, st- or another mistake, always measure spaces that you're going to be um, activating. And it's Ooh. really important that you know what you can actually fit there. Yeah. So it was the Friday before the event, uh, which was on the Sunday, the day that it, the day that it sold out. And Kylie, one of our interns, and I, like, we went to Urbano Project, and we brought. It was me, Kylie, and Megan, our Pilates instructor, and we all had yoga mats. We were measuring the space because mm-hmm. um, we're like, you know what? We should see how many yoga mats you can fit in there. Because <laughs> Megan's using yoga mats for her Pilates class, and we just need to know. And we we mapped everything out, and you could only fit sixty in the space flush. And we had already sold like sixty three tickets by that point. Oh wow! And it was. Friday at like noon and we were like, uh, what do we do? And, and it was like, yeah. yeah, you have to turn off the tickets now. You have to turn them off now. I was like trying to get it on my phone, like trying to like cancel it out. And I was like, oh my God, well we sold out and we we're like, well, how can we fit extra people in? Is there any type of way? Mm-hmm. And we realized we really couldn't. And so one from an operations and a logistical standpoint, always know what you're working with yes. because surprises are not fun. I know, <laughs> you know, and they can be a real liability, um, you know, to definitely always, always, you know, look at the big picture. I didn't look at the big picture until, until recently I thought, all right, well, I'm just going to do some fun events and see what happens. Yeah. But, um, you know, part of the accelerator course and what Malia and our mentors really taught me was that mm-hmm. this is a business and I need to treat it like a business. Absolutely. Um, you know, I need to build it the right way. I need, I need the right guidance I need the right team members who can help me take it to the next level mm-hmm. um yeah what um what's your experience like finding your team members I've I mean and I've, I've talked about this on the show before uh it's hard to find people who are just as passionate about yes. uh you know idea that you have and that in the beginning we'll just do it like straight off of like grit and sweat 
<laughs> so like, yeah. yeah. What's your experience been like with that? Um, it's <laughs> it's tough, and I've definitely made I've definitely made some mistakes in this in this area, um, as well. So for me, and I think Malia, or was it Malia? Maybe it was somebody else who gave who gave a good piece of advice that was just kind of like, you know, you should you should go you should go outside of your circle. It was Malia. Yeah, that was yeah. that Malia. Yeah, so, fairy godmother Malia. For sure. <laughs> she, She's dope. No, she, seriously, she really is. Yeah. Um, I mean, that's an experience that I'm still that I'm still dealing with now. You know, I had a lot of friends who you know were very interested in being on the team at Trail Fit, mm-hmm. um, and I, and again, this this goes back to my other mistake, not understanding the business potential of Trail Fit and not understanding how you build a team and why you need to build a team and you know the st- the steps that you take to get there um, and so I definitely made a lot of mistakes with that not not realizing that you know there were friends that I had who really wanted to be on the management team of trail fit and not being in the place to understand the business implications to be able to address it as a business conversation. Yes. Um, and being like, yeah, yeah, you know, like rock with us. Like that's totally cool. And not, <laughs> and not under, not understanding that, you know, that the ask was, was very different from that. Um, mm-hmm. you know, because there were other people who saw the business opportunities for trail fit and I was just not one of them, mm. uh, which is kind of funny, That is, yeah. um, you know, and until really going through this program. So I'm still trying to figure out how to build my team. I'm looking mm-hmm. for a business advisor. Um, you know, I know that once we have the the space built out that, you know, we'll have a director of wellness and we'll have a sales director mm-hmm. so that we have someone who's managing all of the programming with, within the space, vetting instructors, finding them, training them on our signature classes and all of those items, as well as a sales manager who will be selling, you know, membership packages and really helping us meet our bottom line. So those are, those are critical. Um, and as I, as I grow and scale the business, you know, I'm also, you know, uh, maybe a little bit unique in that, you know, I know exactly what I want to do. You know, marketing is my passion. Um, it's what I love. I love spreading the, the messages of brands and building brands and connecting brands with consumers. Like that's what I like to do. You know, um, I'm, you know, once we get big enough, like I'll, I will hire someone to, to run the company. You know, I just, I just want to make sure that the message is authentic, um, and that we're connecting to the people who are coming to the class and and growing from a marketing perspective. Mm -hmm. What do you think it takes to, develop a community that that also kind of feeds off of this like authentic message that you're talking about and then how do you keep that going I think I think it comes from a place of passion I think that when people met me slash meet me through the classes um, I think they understand that I'm coming at it from a very genuine perspective mm-hmm. um, and I think people appreciate that and I think that's how people kind of get into the vision I also think that people once they come to a class I think they see something that they didn't realize that they were looking for um, you know when Malia came to the brunch and brunch she said I've never seen a workout class this diverse before she was like this is crazy this is amazing you know and like everyone just having a good time Mm -hmm. you know together um what else did you ask I forgot sorry I did my mind just went blank I think you answered it did I answer it yeah okay just about like how to build authentic communities and how you keep that going Mm -hmm. and then so another another thing that we always do you know I so from the first events to the events now you know I was always so happy and grateful to see people coming and then suddenly you start seeing the same faces coming over and over again Mm -hmm. and I feel like you know now like we're friends and you know on social especially I would go and personally thank every single person that tagged checked in took a picture came uh, emailed, whatever, uh, saying, you know, like, (laughs) thank, thank you for coming because this is because of you. Mm -hmm. Um, and I think that's, I think that's really how you build community. 
talking to people and really caring, um, you know, not, not on some, you know, like I'm here just trying to take your money. Um, I think people, I think people are smart. I think people know what advertising is and what's genuine and what's authentic and what's not. And I think when they see, all right, this is somebody young trying to get it, who really cares, who is, you know, interested in my life and what I'm doing. Mm -hmm. Um, I think that goes a long way for them. To date, what aspect of your work of your work are you most proud of? I'm really I, I'm proud of the momentum that that we're getting. Um, you know, the biggest thing the biggest thing for me was like you know I was like I just want to keep I want to do whatever I can to keep having these monthly events. Mm-hmm. And now we're talking about having weekly events. So in May nice. we'll be doing weekly events um, at at Athleta on Newberry Street. Okay. Um, so being able to scale in this way is very, is very proud for me. Being able to really develop this schedule and just execute against it like, like it's a job. You know, mm-hmm. this is, I, I feel like when I started this, it was definitely a hobby. I see it more, I see it, it's, it's getting more to that job place now. And I'm proud of that. That's really, really dope. Um, if you could share any words of wisdom with your, well, this is your first year. If you could share any words of wisdom with your September self, <laughs> so who you were in September and like mentally where you were, especially pertaining to trail fit, like what would you say? Um, to talk to my September self, I mean, I would, <laughs> I would definitely say, you know, to to trust myself more and to trust my gut instinct. You know, I second guessed a, a lot of things, you know, um, and I would also tell myself to be to be more organized and to really see this as a business opportunity. You know, people say a lot of times, oh, reach for the stars and do this and think big and all that stuff. That's actually hard hard to do. I mean, you might dream up an idea um, and and focus so much on. Uh, you know the t- the 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 little shit, the tactical. Like, mm-hmm. okay, this is this is what I have to do. This, you know, that you lose sight of that bigger picture. I lost sight of it I, because you know, I one, I didn't. I think I didn't have you know entirely enough confidence. I think I didn't I didn't understand the business side of it that much. And I think that um, I was just very focused on okay, we have okay, we have to do this event, then we have to do another event, we have to do another event. Um, but being seven months out now, I've been able to take a step back and look and look at it from a high level and understand, mm-hmm. okay, these are the items that, that we need. Um, these are the people who can help me bring it to life. This is how you trust other people to get your message out there. Uh, I'm definitely less stressed. That's good. <laughs> um, and I can be more, I can be more strategic, um, you know, like these partnerships with Athleta, like some of the other things mm-hmm. that we're doing. I, I couldn't even see my September self uh, ex- executing like that. Yeah. Cause it was just like a, a very hurry up offense, no planning and events mm. in advance, no strategy, just saying like, all right, this is cool. Let's do that. Yeah. All right, this is cool. Let's do that. Too. <laughs> Who can do this? Do you know an instructor? Do I know an instructor? Mm-hmm. For a while, just speaking in terms of like wh- wh- where I'm coming from, I didn't even really believe for a little bit that you could have something authentic that's really really dope and also be like a full-fledged business and and I know that may sound like kind of weird but um I think like there has to be a balance between 
yes, uh, the business side, right? It, 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 it's, it's important and you need to be able to, to live off of it, especially if you're going to do it full time. And a lot of these businesses, especially, especially Trillfit at some point, I'm sure will become like a, a full time commitment, right? I hope so. (laughs) That's the goal. (laughs) Exactly. Um, but then also find the balance of like being authentic and no matter where you are in the business, still trying to preserve that. Um, I think not, not a lot of businesses do that well. Um, but, but it's something that now I've been through the program and just my experiences through this year, I've seen, oh, okay, like this is something that, that can be done and it can be done on both ends. I would agree. And I think, I think, you know, the lack that you really see with authentic businesses is once you scale to that, you know, big corporate entity level, you know, and I think that I'm lucky to have my Carmel experience. And, you know, a lot of people in Boston have their, have, you know, their, their, individual karma loop experience. Um, you know, I think that one of the things that Greg and Leandro did, um, exceptionally well is, is preserve culture mm-hmm. and to make something very authentic. Mm-hmm. Um, Carmelook was the was the most amazing place to work for for a very long time. Can you explain really quickly because we have some listeners from like Georgia and from all over. Absolutely. Yeah. So what's Carmelook? So Carmelook was um, you know an online retailer for streetwear, basically the first big big uh, site. It was huge you know, to house everything. Yeah. Um, and you know had a lot of different sub brands under it, and and you know Carmelook launched a lot of really successful streetwear brands now, like Dope is a great example in LA, um, you know, and a lot of, a lot of our circle here in Boston either worked at Carmeloop or shopped at the store or knew someone who worked there or mm-hmm. modeled there or whatever, but it was basically all of the kids who are really passionate about streetwear and skate and lifestyle, um, and, you know, bootstrapping, uh, you know, who worked there. And I was working there when I was, I guess I was like 22 when I was, when I was working there. Um, but the, the biggest thing that you saw and, you know, it was a very, it was a very culturally diverse, it was very, it was a very diverse office, people from different countries, Japan, like just, you know, everywhere. Um, I didn't realize that you have to focus on culture to make an office like that. Yes. I thought, as long as you're in a cool cultural industry that mm-hmm. the makeup reflects the demographics that you're serving to. Mm-hmm. And that's not true. And, you know, I, ra- I ran into Greg a couple of weeks ago and I told him that I was like, you know, it's, it's, it's the part of Carmel that I always like to share with people. Yeah. You know, I, I was really spoiled there and I thought that it was so incredible that everyone that I worked with, you know, was my peer and was my friend and had the same cultural values and, you know, uh, we, we shared with each other and everyone kept it real. And it was, it was just a very different environment that you would, in, that you would encounter for a company that's do that was doing like a hundred million dollars in sales. You know? Yeah. It's, it's not typically like that. And that really taught me the importance of, um, who you hire, why you hire them and the importance of culture, because for a lot of people, um, and you know, it felt like working for something that you believed in was really a privilege and it, and it is. And so as we go trill fit, all of the people who are core involved with the team, all of the instructors, all of our interns, um, they have a personal story that relates to Trillfit. They believe in Trillfit, which is why they work so hard to share the message, which is why they're always hitting up their friends, which is why they donate their time and, mm-hmm. and why they share their wisdom with me as we grow it, because um, they truly see it as something that that can change the fitness landscape. And I think that you need people like that to be able to build and preserve culture because once once you're, you know, 
once it's just like a job that you're that you're punching punching into um, mm. you lose a little bit of of that that magic that kind of binds people together Absolutely. So what is uh, upcoming and next for Trillfit? Well, we have an event on April 24th at the BCA in the South End. So Boston listeners, please come. It's going to be really fun. Melissa's leading our signature class. Nice. Um, that's cardio dance. And in May, we are doing um, a Thursday takeover at Athleta on Newberry Street. So we'll be there every Friday throughout the month um, with 45 minute class sessions. Very dope. Do you have anything outside of Boston? Because we have listeners in L.A. We have listeners in New York. Yeah. So we're going to be headed out to L.A. in June during BET weekend. That's uh, major. Which will be really exciting. So yeah. it's our first time doing an L.A. pop up event. Um, and, you know, uh, our very dear friends from the party, 40 Ounce and Waffles, are doing a session um, the 25th of June. And we're doing a trail fit session the day before. So we'll be with all of those. If you guys haven't been to 40 Ounce and Waffles, it is the best party ever. I hear it's really good. Yeah. It's amazing. Um, and the source just uh, profiled them in like an amazing spread because they're ta- they're taking over. We got to talk after this about that. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. You need to feature them on first. Yeah, no, seriously, seriously. Well, thank you so much for, uh, you, you know, for taking the time me. for sure. Thank you so much for hanging out with us today. Shout out to Dalvin Beats and the Bad Decisions Collective for our musical tunes and creator Kay and Andrea for our logos. Production and editing on today's episode were both done by myself. Please make sure to download, like, share, and subscribe to the podcast. You can find episodes on our website, firstyearproject.com, as well as on iTunes and on SoundCloud. Lastly, to share and learn from each other, every Monday is Share Your Shit Monday. Take a flick of any project or piece of work you're currently diving into and share it with us by using the hashtag share, yo as in Y-O, and sh as in S-H-H. I can't wait to see what all you all are working on this week, and I'm super excited to share with you as well. You can follow us on Twitter at FirstYearPRJ, and then also feel free to visit our website at FirstYearProject.com. Peace.